we had a hundred dollar bet left on an Oriole game and I told him when we get down to zero I am leaving that night so you knew it was coming you figured they were I was win. hoping that that game was going to go our way and it was a summer night and he was at his friends and I said you know when you come home tonight I won't be here and he said I know Hi there, I'm Rosie and welcome to my podcast. I don't even remember the name of it, it's so flippin' long. Okay, my podcast name is What Does Your Family Look Like? That's a mouthful. Um, if you're a listener, I certainly do hope you're a listener, but if you're a first-time listener, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, then welcome back, I'm very grateful. Uh, I want to introduce my sidekick, Stephanie. Yep, she's my been enlisted as my podcast sidekick. She's also my niece. Well, let's talk about your first marriage. Yeah, let's just. Let's just get into it. Let's, let's just, just get, get right into it. into it. Okay. Okay, first marriage. First marriage was. <laughs> Where'd you meet? Well, we actually met at the student union at University of Maryland at Baltimore County campus. But I knew who he was because he was a big man on campus in high school. He got the lead in all the shows. Oh, a theater guy. Yeah, theater guy. He had great voice, beautiful voice, and very talented, really. Got the lead in anything that he tried out for. Actually, I saw a play. I think it was a Randallstown. And I do remember his gorgeous voice. Mm -hmm. And you played a very small person. Yes, I played... <laughs> You're a good man, Charlie Brown, and I played... Did you have a hat? Like I played a, like a bird or something. I can't quite remember whatever that character you was. You played like a small boy. Very small. Know. Very. Well, if you <laughs> I, saw me in real life, you would know. Well, I'm a very, very small, small person, and I played a very small part. <laughs> no, anyway, so I, I do remember okay. his voice. That, See, um, I told... she. If you listen to my prior podcast... 60-40. It's probably going to be 60 this time, 70-40% me. But that's cool. She's getting a little uptight about that. Well, it's all, you know, your face is on the thing. So. Yeah, and it's all about me, so let's go right ahead and talk all <laughs> about me. Um, <laughs> if you knew me in real life, you would know that's actually not who I am, but I'm just getting into it now. Um, so anyway, I met in college at the Student Union. He was in a show there um, at school, but he was also in a lot of the shows in high school. We went to the same high school. He didn't know who I was, but I knew who he was. He was also kind of like a neighbor, but we didn't really know each other well. So we, you know, we met and we probably were friends and we started dating. Um, how long to how long when you like started dating till you got I married? I think we dated for three years. Oh, yeah, we dated for a long time. I think. Um, yeah, because I met in my freshman year. And how far into the marriage did you know things were not going well? Or Pretty like... much walking down the aisle. Really? <laughs> yeah, if you talk to people that are divorced, um, a lot of people will say, I, know. I knew walking down the aisle it was wrong. Anyway. And so how long till you left or got divorced? I, was, I think we were married. We were together for about five years. Yeah. So we did theater together. And when you do theater together, you know, you go to work during the day, you come home, you grab something to eat, 
you do rehearsal, you go out and have fun with a bunch of people. And that's what like our entire marriage was. Like the energy, the energy was, was so good with everybody. Right. And so I realized, but I was married to this one person, not the whole theater crowd. The theater crowd kept us probably together longer because it was a focus. Right. But really, that's all we, I would say, had in common. But when you were left just the two of you, but it, 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 it failed. It was a mismatch. There's no... Did, did the way you ended up looking at your future, so once you decided, okay, this is not going well, did that really shape what you were looking for second? You know, it, it, you, it, I didn't realize Like with it. your next marriage. You know what? I don't think I realized it at the time, but yes, it did. And, and so let me just tell you a little bit about the first marriage, that the part that was really hard, um, and that was, I had mentioned before earlier that he had a gambling problem, which I honestly did not know about. And, you know, people could say, what, what do you mean you didn't know? Well, here's... Here's what happens when you have a gambling problem and you're betting on all the games. So at any given time, you know, they're playing basketball, they're playing hockey, they're playing football. There's a lot of sports that you can gamble on. Now, I knew he played poker. That was okay because my dad played poker in a friendly Monday night game my entire life. Yeah, a lot of men get together and play cards. And they play cards. I didn't think anything like... You know, I didn't think anything of that. So he was a late night guy. I wasn't early when we weren't doing theater. I was early to bed. And, you know, he would come to bed maybe two, three o'clock. Honestly, I don't know what I was thinking, but I didn't think anything of it. And and that's on me, really, being a little naive or making sure I was being a little naive. Well, you were 21. Yeah. That's I, pretty young. Yeah, it's pretty young. Um, it's my niece. She's going to give me a break. <laughs> so well, being that I know a few 21 year olds now, I can know they have a lot more to learn. Yeah, absolutely. So he, he came to bed late and he took care of all the bills. He was a CPA. Uh, didn't take care of anything again on me. Cause had I taken care of any of that administrative BS that you do in a marriage, um, you know, you. if you don't take care of any of that, then you miss out on a whole lot. So word to the wise. Women, don't let your husband do everything. You got to know what's going on in Wait your Wait a second. Does that marriage. mean I have to share <laughs> the responsibility of the finances with my husband? In our no, no, no. I just want to tell you that as long as your women are doing it, that's all I care about. <laughs> no two-way street here. <laughs> um, so... He was gambling on all these games, and he didn't come to bed because the games on the West Coast ended uh. so late, and he wanted to know the scores. And I, I so was he, he good at gambling? So if he <laughs> so if he he had bets on five games, uh. um, he needed to know. He wouldn't come to bed until the games were over, and he knew how he was doing. On top of that. Back then, the only way you could find out what the latest games were, what the scores were, is to call a 1-900 number. Oh, well, 1-900 right. numbers are not free. Right. So not only was he gambling, 
our phone bill, which I never saw because I didn't take care of the bills, were exorbitant. Because I think he called the 1-900 number like every 15 minutes for hours. So, so you know, if I knew about the bills, I would have known the phone bill was high and I would have asked. If right. I took care of the bills, I would have known why the Visa card and the MasterCard was high because there were cash advances to go to the bookie. Right. But I didn't know any of that. So it was like, this wasn't just small time no, this was, this was big. This was like bookie and Oh, this was bookies people. and scary, you know, like I was, once I found out about the gambling, I was like, oh my gosh, are they, is somebody going to beat our door down? Wait, so and how did you find us out? up? How did you find out? So I found out because one Halloween, and maybe we're married four years now, I can't remember. One Halloween, I decided I was going to get up enough guts and tell him I wanted out of the marriage. Dressed up in, <laughs> in our Halloween costumes. What were you? Yeah, I don't even know. Probably a witch. I don't know what oh. it was. I don't know. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to tell somebody that you've been married to that you don't want to be married to them anymore. And so I did. I said, I got to talk to you about something before we go to a Halloween party. Um, I don't love you and I need to, we need to end this. And then he started crying, which I thought, okay, well, you know, that would be a normal response. Somebody crying, but he cried in such a way and was upset in such a way that I was like, wait a minute, what's going on that I don't know about? And he just broke down and said, I owe a bookie a bunch of money. And I don't mean, I don't mean $500. I don't mean $2,000. I don't mean $10,000. It was upwards of that. Well, I'm like, what the, what do you mean? Like, how does that happen? And he told me that he was betting on the games that he was doing well, but then he wasn't doing well. And so instead of spending maybe a small amount per game, he was trying to play catch up. So he would bet like $500 a game. So at any given night, there could be $2,500 on on all these bets. $2,500 that nobody had. Well, and (laughs) not that we're, I mean, I'm not young, I'm 50, but $2,500. 40 years ago? 40? How, how long yeah, ago? Yeah, like, yeah, about 40 50, some, yeah, 40. Yeah, 40 years ago is even more. Absolutely. I mean. I mean, that's a lot. I would it freak was out a, if I lost $2,500 uh, in it, gambling. Uh, yeah, and so I said to him, and I mean, he was petrified, and so now I get to share part of this horror. horror. Yeah. Um, so I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I don't know anything about this, and I can't let you deal with this on your own. And my name's at stake, because my name's on the credit cards. I was going to ask you if your name was on stake. Oh, yeah, my name's on the credit cards. And I didn't, what am I going to do, call my mother and father up and go, hey, can you help me out of this situation? I was so embarrassed and ashamed. But they didn't have the money. Nobody had the money. I couldn't tell anybody. I mean, I could tell no one. Did you tell my dad? I told no one. Because I know you guys were really I close. told no one. 
So I said, here's what we're going to do. You're going to teach me how to gamble. Wait, had you ever gambled before? I had gone to Atlantic City and played blackjack, you know, with, you know, my $50. So the most I could lose is $50. And that was back when you'd go to Atlantic City and you could get a five $2 table. Yeah, they don't have those anymore. So um, I said, I'm going to gamble with you, and you're not going to place a bet without me knowing what you're betting on. You're not going to bet $500 anymore. We're going to go slow and easy. And the day we get down to zero, not 100, zero, I'm out of here. Whoa, wait a second. You're going to help him gamble, gamble to pay the debt off? Yeah. Well, it was a debt on paper, but at some point... You can convince people of anything. And if he, he had a great talent for talk. And I'm pretty sure he talked to the bookie and convinced him that, like, I was good for the money. So, because some bookies will just say, hey, you can't gamble anymore. You've got to pay the debt off. But So how'd you do it? So he taught me, he taught me the line. He taught me the spread, the point spread. I, I don't even remember what that is anymore, but... I learned all this and we sat down and we studied <laughs> games and stuff like that and he picked up the phone and uh, he gambled uh, like he couldn't place bets without me being there so you like you told him you're gonna bet a hundred dollars in this a hundred dollars on that a hundred dollars on that and that's all we're gonna have three hundred dollars on the line we're not gonna have twenty five hundred dollars on the line how did you know like like which baseball team I don't, was favored I, you know I don't know I had to listen to him on a lot of that stuff I just can't believe. So you actually took this huge gambling debt. It's almost an advertisement for gambling. You took this huge, <laughs> this huge gambling debt, this very shameful, horrible thing. You're in this marriage. It's addiction. Exactly. I became a part of his addiction. Yeah, and you you actually did it though, right? We did it. So it took... Which is insane. So you want to hear what's really insane is every single night of the day, there are no like weekend breaks for gambling. I mean, it's all the time. Every night. Every night. Every night. There's Seven something. nights a week. And this is before internet. Oh, yeah. This is before, right. you know, cell phones and... At, right, exactly. So and, were, any of it. Did you look at the paper? So, yeah. Well, no, because we called the damn 1-900 number. Oh, jeez. You know? Okay. And so I, too, stayed up late. You know, we both worked. You stay up to 2 o'clock in the morning, get up at 6.30, go to work. I did that for 10 months about, it took about 10 months every single night. For 10 You talk months. about like, you know, you place your bets and then you go out with your friends and you're just pretending. You place bets and you have a family dinner with your parents and you're pretending. You go to work the next day and you pretend everything's great. It's amazing. It was, it's, it's remarkable. So what happened the day you... So you... what happened was it took about 10 months... We had a $100 bet left on an Oriole game. And I told him, when we get down to zero, I am leaving that night. So you knew it was coming. You figured they were going to I was win. hoping that that game was going to go our way. And it was a summer night, and he was at his friend's, and we won. And, yes, there were no cell phones, so I had to call the friend's house. Mm-hmm. And asked to talk to my husband. And I said, you know, when you come home tonight, I won't be here. Holy cow. And he said, I know. 
So we had no more gambling debt, although we did have debt because there were cash advances on the visa and MasterCard and all that. I didn't care about that at the moment. I just knew I could get out. So and I had knew, talked to my sister. Wasn't come break his legs or right, something. nobody's gonna break her legs. Right. Yeah. I talked to my sister probably a month before, just to say our marriage was gonna be breaking up. She didn't know the details, and I indeed packed my essentials in a laundry basket and went to my sister's to live for like three months. I remember you living there. We had a good time. You were in the downstairs. I was in the basement. My niece and nephew then were much younger, obviously. They were teenagers, and we actually just had fun together. It was a really fun experience, actually. My sister would ask me what I wanted for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) She took good care of me. So, it kind of begs to ask, if you were so good at gambling... Why didn't you? Why stop? Right. I mean, I know, like, I don't gamble, and I know you don't. It just kind of is mind-boggling that you actually did it. You you made the money back. Why would you stop? You really were good. Oh my god, it's so exhausting. Oh, the stress. Oh my god, the stress. Every the stress is. I don't know how people do it. On like you know, because they're professional gamblers. Do you have a soft spot? the Orioles absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) I I had a soft spot for getting the flock out of there and um yeah so that was the story so the reason that this story is so important is because it really did help me later on in my life decide to really marry my husband to be serious with my husband while we were dating to not get rid of him because he didn't want to have children anymore. Because, because the thought of getting into another situation that was going to be so bad, I just couldn't go through that again. The importance that this marriage played on the rest of my life ended up being so monumental because I finally marry, meet and marry this wonderful man And the sacrifice of giving up children for this man didn't seem like a sacrifice at the time. I was looking at a life of love and respect and kindness and joy that topped anything, anything. And it it helped me make the decision that not having children was going to be worth it. That and it was worth marrying this man and making the best out of what I had in front of me. Right. Which and was stepchildren and making that work well and that would be my happiness. And, and can I just yeah. say... I have had a wonderful life. I love, love my stepchildren. We have a wonderful relationship. Um, They have given us four grandchildren, which has been, they've been the joy of my life. Um, So I just want people to know that I am not here wringing my hands, being sad about the 
not having my own children, that we did make the best of everything. And I do feel like I have the best of everything. And here's the thing, nobody gets it all. Nobody gets everything they want in their life. Everybody has to pick and choose. You may not know you're picking and choosing it at the time, but it does come to you later. And so I have no regrets about any of this. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that with every bad experience in our life, it does take you to the it next. It prepares you for the next. Right, and it, it changes your perspective. It's not worth it to go through it right. if it doesn't. Right, you do learn, and and so that experience, although I'm just saying, like, you're a heck of a gambler. I'm a heck of a gambler. <laughs> but no, I absolutely, like things in your past, we, we grow and learn, and it shapes who we are going forward. Yeah. But you, I can imagine, you know, what a trial you went through, and then you meet I mean Mr. Wonderful. Tony is pretty pretty <laughs> awesome he is awesome he and he's been awesome not just to me but to all of my family everybody which we will get through probably in another podcast all right so I decided that I was going to look up some funny things about family and share one of them with you so families are like fudge Mostly sweet with a few nuts. Don't you think? <laughs> oh my gosh, on that note, oh my God, are we out of time? <laughs> I don't know. How much more can we listen to ourselves talk? <laughs> I think it's a good time to maybe end this, huh? Thank you for listening to us because the, the one thing, thing we, we do well is talk. talk. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at WDYFLL, the podcast. Please join us next Wednesday for more in-depth discussions about what families look like.